Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 17. I had to burn, everything was burnt down, and I had to see the beauty within me. Welcome to the Locala Podcast, everybody. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. Well, today we have Tanisha Mills in our chair, and I'm super excited because she has a big story, and I'm hoping we can fit the majority of it in this time (laughs) period, but welcome to the show, Tanisha. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to finally meet and sit down and be able to talk with you. I know we've been, you know, waiting to do it for so long. Yeah, I know. I know. When I heard your story, I was like, I I have to have you in the magazine. (laughs) And you are the owner-operator of um, Mimi's Care at Home. Yes. Uh And then you also are a spiritual and lifestyle coach. Coach yes. with appointed boss. Yes. Yes. yes okay. Yes. So can you tell me, let's start off talking a little bit about your um, home health care and how you kind of got into all of that. Well, um, I think I have always been type the type of person to care for others. You know, uh, I tell the story all the time. I think it started when I was a child and we stayed in Washington State and my brother and I were always, you know, we felt like there was grass this tall and we were always trying to get to the house with the old man so we could rescue him. And I said... (laughs) Was this an imaginary old man or were you dragging an old man across the field? (laughs) It It was really just an abandoned house in the back of the field and we just thought that there had to be an old old man stuck in that house and we needed to go rescue him so <laughs> I think the seed was planted in and I was about six years old when okay. that when that transpired yeah. and you know I've always gravitated to helping I, it's two people that I feel need to be advocated for the most mm-hmm. and that is the elderly and the youth so you know I guess my lifestyle I have six kids so I get to do it with the youth yeah. I don't have a choice <laughs> and you know I love the older people I'm a, I guess I'm an old soul old I connect soul, yeah. with them Um, You know, I like to get the wisdom and things of that nature. So, hey, might as well do what I love. That's right. (laughs) Well, so how did you get into healthcare? Like, how did that really start for you? So I started out, my first job was at a nursing home, right? And, you know, there is a stigma that goes along with it. For some places, they're not as as, uh, integral. Yeah. You know, and I saw some things that I really did not like. And, you know... I, like I said, I felt like I needed to advocate. And then once I realized that I could do it on my own for myself and kind of start a new um, journey yeah. in the path, I, I just was like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So it started out, you know, when I was younger, like I said, I, I used to do it independently when I didn't have to be licensed. You know, you could do it independently. Yeah. You don't hire staff and you don't have to be licensed. So I did that alongside of massage therapy, kind of tried it out. And then I realized that, hey, I can actually hire staff and get this thing like really going. Yeah. And I, I just did it. So I start with the lower level, which is homemaker and companion. I will probably go to a nursing agency, um, you know, to hire like nurses to actually do more work but I kind of like just being able to go into the house and make their everyday life you know easier you know what I connect on that on on many levels because I actually started my career in a nursing home Mm -hmm. um, as a unit assistant and then I became a CNA um, but I was also a massage therapist for wow. a while. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. So we kind of have that in common. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand. And I, I too saw things when I was in the nursing home that I didn't really care for mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they definitely struggle to keep help 
which yes. doesn't help anything either. Right. So I completely understand on, on why you went to that. What, I mean, we kind of get an idea of your childhood a little bit, mm-hmm. but what else played a role? I mean, for you as a definitely child. my grandmothers yeah right um so I was like the grandchild that I feel just was up under both mom and dad side and I mean we did everything together and you know they would always say you're my nurse you're my nurse they would yeah. they would go to the doctor and Tanisha check out this medicine because this and that you're my <laughs> nurse you're my I told him I have a nurse at home and both of them did the same and I feel almost like they mandated me in a sense to finish it take care of those that I love they taught me how to be patient with the baby bloomer generation because they were you know and so of course you know as a child they're gonna get on your nerves you know (laughs) they're gonna do little things and it's like grandma it doesn't take all of that but I grew to love the position that I had in their life I grew to love um being that person that they called on yeah. You know, the granddaughter that didn't mind doing the boring things with them, you know, didn't mind watching the old TV shows, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then laugh with them, you yeah. know. So, you know, I just I really can attribute um, my love for older people to with my connection to them. You mentioned that you have six children. Yes. So tell me about your life as an adult and a mother of six. Listen, <laughs> there's never a dull moment. I have one girl and five boys. Oh my. And <laughs> let me tell you, the last two, I'm trying to figure out who raised them. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's like 21. And then, you know, I have the 19-year-old. The He's my oldest son. He's in Gainesville. So he left. My daughter's still there. I think she's just scared to leave me there with <laughs> <laughs> I think she's just a little scared to leave me home with them, you know, like, Mom, I'm going to stick it out with you, okay? You know, but I tell you, there's never a dull moment. Yeah. A lot of people ask me how I can do it. Um, I balance, right? Yeah. I really balance things. I balance time. I balance my effort. It's like they're a gift from God also. Mm-hmm. You look at those babies and you look into their eyes and there are moments where it's like, oh, what what am I doing? But the majority of the time, it's an honor and a pleasure because God saw something fit in me that I didn't even know I had in myself that says you can handle this portion of what I put on the earth. And so then you become humbled by it, you know. Even though it's chaotic and crazy, but what else would I be doing? If I wasn't raising six kids, what else would I be doing? Right. You know, if I didn't do this, it would be something else. Right. So why not deposit into six little lives and, you know, make little people go out in the world and hopefully do something great? So you were married, um, I think you said 20 years? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah and definitely. Then, so can you tell me a little bit about that story? It's kind of like a, a Romeo and Juliet is how I put it, right? So we met... Um, when I was 14 living in Atlanta and I would come for the summertime because my, my, uh, my mom, we moved away, but both my family, my dad's side and my mom's side was here. So I would visit for the summertime. So when I first met him, um, he told me then I was 14 that I would be his wife. <laughs> and I looked at him and I'm like, I can't be your wife because I'm living in Atlanta and I ain't moving to Ocala because I'm not <laughs> moving to Ocala. I'm a city girl, you know, uh-huh. and he meant it. 
So my mom decided to move here to be closer to family and mom and different things. And he made true to his promise. When he did see me again, he actually made me his wife. And he told me that I would have six kids. I didn't believe him. I was like, who (laughs) is having six kids? And he he wanted six kids and he got them. How old were you when you guys got married? I was... 21. 21. Okay. We were on child number two. I was okay. pregnant okay. With, with child number two. Okay. And uh, he had proposed like two or three times. And I was like, listen, <laughs> dude, I don't know if we're going to do this. And then I made up my mind, you know what? I ain't going nowhere. Why yeah. not? And yeah. that's what we did. That's okay. what we did. And we had the six babies together. Yeah. And um, we ended up divorcing for like a year and a half. And, you know, um, uh, sadly, he passed away with COVID, you know, yeah. uh, in 2020. So, you know, but I, I thank God. I remember our last conversation when we felt like, you know, he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Um, he called mm-hmm. and I did two things. You know, we talked about God and, you know, go ahead and give yourself to God because I do believe in God and believe in salvation mm-hmm. and giving your life to Christ. So we walked through that. Mm-hmm. And then I told him, I thank God for the chapter that God let me in on because I realized that I spent his whole adult life with him. Yeah. And uh, what an honor. Yeah. What an honor. And I thank God for that. You yeah. know, and, and, and I look back at it sometimes and you it's still unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, still some very unbelievable moments. There's still some moments where I have to take a deep breath and look around and like, this is this really happened um and accept it you know Mm -hmm. but in the long run I'm grateful I mean you were able to co-parent the last year and a half I would imagine yeah yeah Yeah. definitely so how has that been for you shifting to only parent then right that's the thing and I tell people all the time they're like oh well you're a single parent no it's a little bit different I'm an only parent yeah there is no other yeah and so the shift mentally has been uh a bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. Imagine how people say it's a culture shock. Yeah. Well, for me, it's a lifestyle shock yeah. because it's not how I started out. And even though I didn't start out that way, you still deal with the judgment. Mm-hmm. You still deal with the people that look at me like I'm the single parent with kids that I had all the different baby dad. You know, they put me in that category. I was going to ask, do people put you in that category? Very much single? so. Yeah. I had a hard time renting a house because yeah. the landlord thought that me and the six kids were going to destroy the house. They were. They would come in every month to check the house. Shocked to believe I, I'm able to keep a clean, <laughs> a very clean house with all white walls with boys. No, that you is, know, well, you know that is a that. feat in itself. Yeah. Right <laughs> so, I you know. You power mama right there. Right. But then there were moments where. I had the hard things to deal with, and I would say, go to your dad and ask him. I can't hide behind that. And then I got a million questions, and I would get frustrated. I'm like, ah, y'all asking me so many questions, and I realized I'm the only one that they can ask. Yeah. So it's like adjust and realize that you're the only parent. Mm-hmm. So it takes grace, yeah. not just grace with others but grace with me i had to have grace with myself because i i found myself for a long time trying to fill the void but i refused to be the father and the mom i could only be a good mom you know in the absence of a father and pray that god can fill that void for them so it's a lot of questions that i had in the beginning and i'm still feeling my way now it's not like i've perfected this thing but i am learning and i am perfecting it every day and it was kind of this situation, I think, um, you told me that kind of propelled you into the coaching yes. business. So can you talk yes. to me a little bit about that? So Appointed Boss was birthed 
through all of my situations, right? Mm -hmm. So I get people in my inbox. I get people that I talk to. It can be two, three, four o'clock in the morning, predominantly women that know my full story Mm -hmm. that are like, we need that. We need that. And I was like, you know what? I got to give it out. Yeah. You know, that's what, and I also have written five books. I've published one, yeah. you know, and how do people like, how did you do that in one year? <laughs> well, I needed to get it out. Yeah. Get it out. The best way to get it out was written form. So all of that, what I had been through and all of that, it may have taken me about a year to write it all. And some of it I'm still, you know, tweaking here and tweaking there, yeah. editing and stuff like that. One is ready for publishing and whatever. Okay. But it was not that I got the information in a year. I just got it out of my system in the year. Yeah. But you're talking my whole life is uh, it's laid out in these books strategically. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted to do. When I look in the faces of those, and I mean it's several, yeah. several people that come to me and they're like, girl, it's times where I look at you and I'm like, if she could do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. If she can make, and I'm looking at them like, I'm no superstar. It's not a badge of honor that I'm this strong. It's just what I had to do. It's what you've been through. It's what I've been through. And the spiritual lifestyle coaches, because I use God and the word to help me through it. And I took all, because I grew up in ministry, I took all of what I learned about God and I coupled it with who I am today. And we rocked it out. That's the only way. And so that was my very foundation on what I stood on. You know, I didn't stand on anything else but God and his sovereignty. And for people to come to me and say, we need that, I was like, okay, time to go ahead and give, give it. And I have this saying, not one tear, not one heartache, not one disposition will be wasted. It is going to do something for somebody somewhere, and we're going to do it. (laughs) Perfect. Let's go ahead and continue. Um, Tell me a little bit more about the books that you've been um, writing and how you laid them out exactly. Because you said they're five, and they all kind of go strategically. So is it um, more of a memoir or an autobiography? How does that? So it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, Each book has a bit of fiction and nonfiction. Each book. Okay. Right? It's intertwined. And I did this for two reasons. One, because I want the book to be uh, entertaining and I want it to be practical. All of them, right? Mm -hmm. Another part is because I wanted to be able to tell my story, but I don't want to victimize myself and out some of my people that may have brought harm okay because i also want to cover them because they've changed in other words you probably um change the names to protect right, right. change names okay. to so protect. it was your whole life so did you start it from childhood and yes yes yeah. so uh god's daughter you know who you are you'll talk in that book i talk about my first um realization of what forgiveness was as a child and so that talks about from childhood all the way up until now and that's more of like a a devotional book so you Mm -hmm. write in it okay you know you write your portion I give you instructions on how to let things go and some things and tips to do to just identify who you are as God's child you know and then the next book which is dear God that's just literally uh, I start like a letter Mm -hmm. in that book and I have you to finish it 
just learn, teaching you how to conversate with God. And then I have uh, married single. So that talks about me as I know that I want to get married again, but I'm single, but I'm still holding my value mm-hmm. as a woman of value. I'm not just out here spreading it abroad, right? I'm right. not spreading myself abroad. I'm holding on to the standard of, you know, that woman of integrity. And, you know, that tells the story of, of walking it out singly, you know, with hopes of being married again. and then um misunderstood servant is just what it says it's about being misunderstood as a person as i said before people look at me and they assume that i've got six different baby daddies Mm -hmm. and i'm living off the system and i'm trying to do this and how do you deal with being misunderstood you know in beauty for ashes okay now that book is uh, that would be more of an autobiography okay it talks in more detail about my married life and how it ended, but how God is bringing something beautiful out of that story. Yeah. So that book is really a, a book that I, I really, out of the four, I think that probably would be my favorite one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now you talked a little bit, um, you mentioned a little bit about the first time that you really understood forgiveness. Do you mind giving us a little bit about that? Yes. So what happened was when I was younger, we stayed in Washington State. And uh, my mom's friend had a son that bullied me. Okay. Big time. And they had got caught into a fire. Mm. And the bomb um, landed in the bed with him. And it burnt 90% of his body. A bomb? Yes. So they had stayed the night with a friend, Mm -hmm. and she went through a divorce. And, uh, no, and the husband died, and the children got upset with her because she didn't give them part of the money. Uh So they bombed the house. It was on the news and everything. And so happened it was the night that they were staying the night because she was scared. Oh, my gosh. And so him and his mom stayed the night to help comfort her, and they bombed the house. A few of them got burnt. You know, one person passed away, I believe. And I was young, so it was traumatic to listen to. And it was my mom's friend, so she went over. I remember going over with her to the fire as it was burning. And, you know, um, we went to the hospital that night. Mm -hmm. And he became burned, and he had to wear this plastic suit. And then I became his bully and didn't realize it Mm. because I was scared and I would call him a monster. I remember being like, I mean, I was terrified. He would come to the car and I'd be like, mommy, no, no, keep going, keep going. He's a monster. And he would be in class. I wouldn't go to recess because he would go to recess. I wouldn't walk the halls when he walked the halls. When he would try to come up to me, I would be like, don't touch me. I'm scared. I'm scared. I was really terrified. I became his bully. We were getting ready to move from Washington State, and my mom gave me the phone. She said, Jimmy's on the phone, and he wants to talk to you. And Jimmy, if you hear this, I I really learned a valuable lesson, and I love you. (laughs) And so he got on the phone with me, and he said, I am so sorry. And my mom said, you know, you really hurt him. You hurt him. He would go home and cry. I would do the same thing when he was bullying me. Yeah. And he said, I am so sorry for what I did to you. And I had to apologize then. And I realized at that point that hurt people really do hurt people. Yeah. And I had to apologize. I was 10 years old when I learned about forgiveness. And that's how I learned. What an incredible lesson at such a young age to, yeah. to understand how bullying can go both ways mm-hmm. and um, understanding how it can 
you can both heal from it at the same time mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. you know. Do you mind talking um, about your last book that you're going to be writing a little bit about that story? You said it's going to be a lot about your marriage and yeah, yeah. that's already pretty much written. <clears throat> I'm really just going back in and fine tuning. Mm -hmm. Um because it's, it was emotional. That yeah. was the most emotional book for me because it's all about picking up the pieces. Yeah. So Beauty for Ashes is written while I'm doing it. Okay. It's not after. Okay. This is the beautiful part. Yeah. Right? Right. So now that I'm tweaking it, I'm going to go add this part mm -hmm. and finish it up because what came about telling right. my story on this platform today. Yeah. That's what it's for. And then I'll get to sit back and see who it touches. Yes. in the long run and that's the reward yeah. so Beauty for Ashes really is exactly what it says everything that I had was burned down every expectation every hope every identity that I identified I identified myself as that wife that had six children from one man which is not heard of I identified myself as that strong wife that strong mother, that strong this, that strong that. I identified myself with that descript those descriptive words. Yeah. Well, that was burnt down. I had to identify myself as Tanisha. I had to re-identify who I was based on no accolades. They were all stripped away. Yeah. You know? I had to identify who I was just based on the inner strength beauty for ashes so I had to burn everything was burnt down and I had to see the beauty within me mm -hmm. okay wait a minute now you're talking about I've been doing this since 16 years old with this man I've been building this persona since 16 years old and now you're telling me that everything I identified up to the age of 34 32 mm-hmm you're telling me that, no, 35, because I'm, I'm 40 now. You're telling me that all of my, all of that 20-something years is, is, is a lie? Is, it's gone? Yeah. And now I need to, Nine. you know, rebuild? Where's the beauty in that? Well, I want to ask you one last question before we finish. But is there anything that um, you wanted to talk about that I didn't address today? I want to talk about the women that will hear this podcast that will read the article I want to talk about you I want to talk about your strength your courage your story I want to talk about how you can also have your beauty for your ashes I want to talk about you know you just put putting your best foot forward not giving up on yourself and not allowing the pressures of life to carry you down the rabbit hole of disbelief and discontent i want you to get up i want you to take heart and i want you to move forward because you are truly the person that god has for you to be and you will have your beauty for ashes well, thank you so much, Tanisha. I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story. And um, I look forward to seeing your books published. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Locala podcast today. Once again, I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala magazine. If you would like to see our magazine, you can visit www.localamag.com. You can read Tanisha's article in our January 
2023 issue. And we will definitely have um, that link in the description as well as any links to her businesses. Thank you everybody for once again joining us where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.